Last night, I met a group of people in, in somebody's home, and some of the people there were from London. And as the conversation proceeded, um, it came up that 80 years ago uh, was the beginning of World War II, where Nazi Germany invaded Poland and bombed uh, certain cities in Poland at that time. So it has been marked today in Poland as the beginning of World War II, when Germany invaded Poland. It was a war that obviously would bring huge devastation to a lot of people. They reckon 60 million people lost their lives, 5 million Polish. And it was the beginning of, you could say, the devastation of Poland for so many years. The lady sitting beside me said to me, she said, I was a young child and um, I remember Neville Chamberlain's uh, address to the nation. I thought it was fascinating that somebody sitting beside me last night could remember the, the speech of Neville Chamberlain, the Prime Minister of England at that time, and warning Germany that if they didn't uh, pull out of Poland, then he would, uh, they would declare war and the consequences of that. And what struck me was this really happened only one generation or, or less uh, in our time and, and such devastation that can take place so easily. It is also interesting that um, 10 years ago, when they celebrated this day 10 years ago, um, uh, Russia were invited. And uh, today, when they're celebrating, the president of Russia, Putin, has not been invited because he himself has invaded Ukraine and occupied certain parts of uh, annexed Crimea, Crimea. So it continues. That whole way of happening uh, and way of operating continues. It is something that the gospel today speaks very appropriately too because what Jesus is helping the people to reflect on is how they see themselves and how they should relate to each other. It is setting in, is, the setting is that Jesus, a very important line in scripture is when Jesus turned his face towards Jerusalem. That was when everything became more intense. Jesus' focus became more intense on his apostles, not so much on going around to all the people when he began his ministry. But the opposition to him became more intense as well. And one of the constant refrains of the religious authorities at that time, the scribes and Pharisees, was that he cures people on the Sabbath and he eats with tax collectors and sinners. And actually these were accusations that were brought forward against him uh, when he was on trial at the end of his life. He's a friend of tax collectors and sinners and that he breaks the Sabbath of God. So today, in today's gospel, Jesus is invited to home of a leading Pharisee. Despite all the opposition to him, 
he still takes and accepts this invitation. So who are present there are the leading scribes and Pharisees, scholars of the law. And what is not mentioned in today's gospel is a man suffering from dropsy. And what dropsy is in, in today's language is conject, uh, heart disease, um, which leads to swelling of different parts of the body. So why they're doing is they're saying they were watching him. That's an important line. They're watching Jesus. Watching him as they watched the woman caught in adultery. Holding him in a place where they can accuse him. Holding him in a place where they can get him. So they want to see, will Jesus break the Sabbath by curing this man on the Sabbath? And Jesus doesn't fail. He does heal him on the Sabbath. But then Jesus turns the whole equation on them. And he, he, he reminds them that what is the purpose of the Sabbath? And especially the whole idea of meals in, in Luke's Gospel. When, when Luke talks about Jesus sitting down to have a meal, it is said it's not about just Jesus eating good food and drinking good wine. He said it's a communicating a message of, of God seeks the well-being of all people. And that is the very nature and purpose of God, that God seeks the well-being of all people. And in particularly on the Sabbath day, a day set aside where people could be restored, where there could be wholeness, where there could be life, and there could be health. And that is, that is why God encouraged the people to observe the Sabbath, so that there could be a well-being, a, a wholeness, a healing, a rest for all people. So Jesus, by healing on the Sabbath, even though he was breaking the laws of, of the religion at that time, he was doing what, what God had intended for, for all the people. And he turns the table on them and he says, instead of you seeking the well-being of all people, he said, what you are doing is seeking places of honor at the house of a leading Pharisee. So you could say that who's who in society at that time were seeking the place at the top table. And then the poorer, more insignificant people were left outside, kind of away from the center of, of importance at that time. So what Jesus is, is inviting us into is to change the way in which we look upon other people. How, how easy it is to, to elevate certain people in our lives and in society of today and to ignore other people in our lives. What Jesus is inviting us into is a, a very deep and profound way of seeing ourselves and seeing other people. And this is what he's calling is in revealed in his baptism, belovedness. 
to see ourselves profoundly as beloved by God as our primary identity and our defining identity and to see other people in the, as, as God's beloved children as well as their primary identity and their hopefully uh, to bring out in them that they should be their, this should be their defining identity also. So that's the first thing that Jesus um, wants, wants us to do to see upon us a profound equality, a profound interrelatedness among all people. And the second aspect that Jesus wants us to do is to, to develop a society, to develop um, a politics, to develop um, a reality everywhere based on God's forgiveness. Now what we have to be very careful here is that how many of us, how many of us, I use us including me, how many of us fall into the temptation of holding somebody in their sin? Somebody who has wounded us, insulted us, injured us in some way. How many of us hold them in their sin, in their offense towards us? And this is even something that can go back many different generations. And it is, as human beings, impossible for us to break this. And the only way it can be broken is by opening ourselves to the divine forgiveness, the forgiveness of God that is offered to each one of us personally in the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. His last words was a wish and a desire that we would have the forgiveness that God gives that he himself lived out of himself. That that forgiveness that God gave to Jesus would flow through him into us and flow through us to other people as well. It is the opposite of holding people in their differences or perceived differences. Holding people in something that society thinks negatively of. It is actually what Hitler did. No, he didn't do it of forgiveness. He, did, he, he accused people, many, many different people, he had a concentration camp for priests and any priest that opposed him in any way was put in there and the head of that camp was a disgruntled seminarian who was kicked out of the seminary and did, did very wicked things to them. Obviously all the other people, the Jewish people, the journalists, the intellectuals, so so many different people gypsies, the list is endless, but there was this accusation all the time of inferiority, of difference, of being bad. And that accusation is something that can even happen in society today. That there's so much accusation going on and there's so much of defining people by what divides rather than what unites. And that is what the Gospel of today is focusing on. 
to focus on what unites and what unites us is our belovedness in God's, as God's beloved children. That every human being is God's beloved child. That's our innermost identity, the truth of who we are. It is what created us and is what should define every aspect of our lives. And also to be aware of the cancer of unforgiveness, the cancer of accusation that is rampant in the world today. And instead, we should be working and striving to build a society that is based on forgiveness, where we don't accuse people and define people by some made-up uh, standard, but that we operate ourselves out of forgiveness. If you were, Jesus said, I'll conclude with this, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. If you were a loaf of bread, as you are today, imagine yourself as a loaf of bread. Who are you feeding with the bread of your life today? And the other question is, who are you refusing to feed with the bread of life that you are today?